Father, thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Thank you, Lord, for your word of truth. Thank you, Lord, your word is light and life and hope and encouragement. Your word is full of faith and power. So we thank you for imparting your wisdom, knowledge, and revelation to us from your word. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to talk about the testing of our faith, but we're going to talk in the realm of healing. Amen. So it's the testing of our faith in the realm of healing. Uh, If you'll turn to Mark chapter 5, it's a familiar, familiar passage. Our little lady friend with the issue of blood. Amen. She's she's still around. And um, I think there's a lot to understand here, a lot to understand about faith, about determination, about not quitting, about not giving up. And many times we are all in that position, whether we want to be or not. We have to uh, show God our faith, and our faith has to please the Lord. And I think that's something we forget. We we get so interested in getting what we need and focusing on when's it going to get here? How long am I going to have to wait? When is it? When, when, when? And we don't look at the full picture. You know, uh, God is not unrighteous. He's a righteous God. He's treating you right every time. I don't care what goes on. I don't care if you're uh, believing for a big thing, a small thing, if it takes a long time, or if you get it in a relatively short time. He is still a righteous God. It's His righteousness is over all of His works. He's doing things after the counsel of His will. He does what's best for us and what's best for the kingdom. He has to consider many, many things in, in what we, he gives us to do. So when we have an assignment and, and when you're praying for your own personal needs, that is part of your assignment as well. Amen. Uh, it's not just what you intercede for other people that you're assigned to do, but you're assigned to pray for your own needs. You're assigned to pray for your own life. And so when, when you understand that, that we're on assignment when we do these things and you understand that God's will is involved in that too. Amen. Uh, his will is his word. His will is to bless us. His will is to also cause us to conform to his image. And this is something we don't even like to look at. I mean, I don't think many people think about that at all when they think about uh, what they have to do to receive a, an answer from God and receive what they need from God. We don't think about how it's transforming us. We don't think about what God is after to, to cause us to develop more in Him. Uh, we, and we don't want to think about it. We'd rather not, you know, I don't want to redefine print. Just show me, you know, <laughs> show me the goods more or less. And so, uh, but we have to consider that we have to, and I think what it'll do after a while is cause us to rest a little bit in God. Um, you know, we, the least what you can say, well, Lord, at least is I'm not holding it up because I'm doing something wrong. Because that's the first thing we think when there's a delay or what we think is a delay in the process of receiving. It takes a while. We always, the first thing is, I wonder what I'm doing wrong. I wonder what I need to do more. I wonder, 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 wonder. Wondering is wavering. You know, you're not really strong in your faith. And so 
what we're really doing is we're allowing distractions to dominate our thinking and then it'll start to discourage our faith in some way. You know, the more you look at natural situations, the less confidence sometimes you will have in God. And so uh, it's just good. And many times God is building up in us a kind of discipline. Uh, he's building up in us a testimony. He's building, you know, if we forget about that sometimes, uh, you know, and it, it's not that important when you're going through things. You know, you know, people don't go through trouble and say, boy, am I going to have a testimony? You don't think like that. And you're not supposed to think like that because that testimony, too, belongs to God. And so what you need to focus on is getting yourself through it and God being glorified by by the fact that his word comes to pass. You know, you've held on to the word and and you made it on in, as they say sometimes, you know, you're like the uh, Paul's. Paul's uh, ship, his buddies on the ship, you know, the, uh, when the ship wrecked, everybody was grabbing onto a little fragment, but they all crossed the finish line, didn't they? They all got through alive. Someone was hanging on to little pieces of board and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes that's the way we feel when we receive something from God. We're, we're kind of like a little sliver of what we used to be when we first started. Amen. Many times when we start out, uh, we just know God's going to do it soon. And we think that's an indication of of strong faith, that you get it quick. And that's never been an indication of anything. Amen. And when we look at some of these people in the Bible, we think, boy, they got an instant healing. But you read back and you see these people might have been hanging on to this for a while. You understand what I'm saying? It, it just didn't come uh all of a sudden because they showed up full of faith and power. Amen. And so it, it's just good to examine these things in light of the fact that everybody you read in the Bible is just like you and just like me. They're human beings. Like you know, when the Bible says that Elijah was a man, not not he didn't say a prophet said a man of like passions just like we are amen elijah would be be uh on top of a mountain confronting all the the false prophets and the witches and the warlocks and the sorcerers and god bring a mighty deliverance and next thing you know he's whining and crying and want to die and you know all of this so like passions like we are he got angry you know probably told people off amen stormed off he You know, people do all kinds of things just like we do. That's what God's trying to show us, just like we do. You look at somebody like Samson, and you wonder, man, God, how did you use that guy? Well, that's there's hope for you. Amen. That's what we all need to be thinking. There's hope for us with all his troubles and all his weaknesses and so forth and so on. And then at the end of his life, he finally got the message amen you're called to deliver people not just to run after what you want amen and so these are the things that we we need to keep in mind when we read examples of people who received a miracle received a healing received whatever they received see yourself in that spot see yourself god that's just like me sometimes you know i sometimes i don't walk straight and in, in straight into what you have for me. 
Sometimes I take detours that I'm not supposed to take. I go off and, and do this and go off and do that. And then I realize I should have stayed with you. Well, now you're back. Amen? So now you're back. You get a chance to prove and allow God to prove through you uh, what he can do through a vessel that's yielded. Amen? So our faith is being tested. If you turn to James chapter 1, uh, I'll start there because this is <clears throat> our scripture. He says, <clears throat> verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different testings, trials, temptations. Amen. This woman that we're going to talk about was in the trial of her life because she needed to be healed and not tomorrow and not next year, but right away. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith is your faith that's being tried. Not you, not your good behavior, not whether you do everything right, not whether you worship enough, pray enough, tithe enough, give enough, anything enough. Amen. What what we do, we do by the grace of God, and his grace is always sufficient. Amen. You gotta understand that. You, you can't do more than what you're doing unless God graces you to be able to do it. You know, you read testimonies. I read testimonies all the time about people that, you know, God used mightily and, and they live like this and live like that. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what they did to make God do that. But what I need to do is find out what I need to do to get God. They stuff may not work for you. <laughs> Amen. And so, so this is, this is, this is it. We, we want to do everything but confront us. We want to go around the mulberry bush. Well, oh yeah, Sister Etter, God really used her. Let me do what, well, let me see what she did. She had that little funny white dress on. <laughs> let me go give you a little funny white dress and see if that'll work. You know, we do anything, anything but say, God, show me what I need to do in order for you to position me for me to be able to do the works of God. Or am I doing what you want me to do? Sometimes we're wanting to do somebody else's ministry and not our own. Amen. And so he has something for all of us to do right in our little, our little back, backyard, right where we are. Amen. We can do the works of God. And so, so it's just important for us to, to know that. And he says, the trying of your faith, your faith is going to be tried and it works patience in us. I'm thinking, Oh my, I'm wanting stuff in a hurry. And he talking about working patience in me, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. That word perfect really means mature. Patience makes you quit whining and stomping your feet and demanding stuff and wondering when it's coming, you know, like you're starving or something. Amen. We're not babies. We know how to get what we need. So when you pass baby stage, you, you need to start learning the ways of God a little bit more so that you can can let him develop you. And he says, and if any of you lacks wisdom, that's usually what we're lacking. Amen. We want it, want it right now. It's not coming fast enough. What am I doing wrong? Yada, yada, yada. 
It's because we lack wisdom. Amen. He said, let him ask of God. So that's usually the problem. We're lacking wisdom in something. And so we need to be asking him for wisdom, not asking him for what we need to do. You know what I'm saying? We know what we need to do. Shut up and quit whining and go back to believing. Get in our word and get some wisdom. He says, and God will give it to us uh liberally. It doesn't upbraid us. He won't criticize us or say, are you back again asking me for something else? He doesn't do that. Amen. But it said, let him ask in faith, not waver. For he that wavers is like the wave of a sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so the reason sometimes our faith is tested is to give us stability and to keep us out of wavering. Because you want unwavering. See, we all want the end result. We want unwavering faith. We want the Abraham brand of faith. Amen. Well, look how long it took Abraham to deliver, to develop that brand. Amen. It says when he started out, when he left Ur of the Chaldees, you know, he was, this was like 20 years later, 21 years later. And so it, it, it may take some years, but God can catch you up the years. See, the years bother us. They don't bother God. And this is what you got to understand. Amen. Abraham and Sarah, God just wanted somebody to believe him to give them something. And God doesn't care what it is that he's giving you that you got to believe him for. Many times we think we got to be, it's got to be now. I got to be the right age. I got can't be too old, can't be too young, can't be too this. You know, there's always going to be something that you're going to grumble about. And you're going to complain about as making you not fit for, to understand? It's like people think, you know, if, if God has told you he's going to make you wealthy and you keep looking at the years, I ain't got it yet. When's it coming? I'm not going, do you realize some of these income poops who own were CEOs of these multi-billion dollar corporations got their wealth? They were millionaires like in a month. You look at the Bezos, the, the, uh, what's that guy's name? I see his face. I can't even think of his name. Gates. All of these people, these people, especially in the technology field, their wealth came to them overnight. They just found something, started making it, got a bunch of investors to get this money out to them, and it was sold before they even got it manufactured. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not like if God promises you wealth, it's going to take you 20, 30, 40 years to gather it together. It can make you multi-multi overnight. It's just that simple. Amen. So don't think years mean anything to God. He can do whatever he wants to do in your life immediately. Amen. We always think, well, you know, I want to make my money when I'm young. Hey, we all do. But when you're young, you're pretty stupid, too. It'll leave you real quick. Amen. Because most people who are young don't know, don't have the wisdom to hold on to anything. Can't hold on to a marriage. Can't hold on to a job. They can't hold on to a lot of things. 
And so God has to allow his character to develop in us because his blessings are without sorrow. If they're premature in your life, there's usually some sorrow coming to you. So you got to understand that God knows what he's doing and he wants to deliver everything to us on time. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We'll have joy with it. We'll be able to uh, understand what God's doing in our lives with it as well. So it won't come as a shock and a surprise to us. And then we wind up not doing and squandering what it is that that uh, that we receive. You know, the devil's people get trouble with their their wealth. You look at these people that uh, entertainment people. They're a good example. The minute they they start making money, there's there's people hanging around in their entourage that can give them drugs. So the, the 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 drug addiction comes with your paycheck. That's included in the paycheck because very few of them resist it. You got me. Very few, because of the way their money comes to them. It comes through the world system. And trust me, the devil has a, have a way to get it back from you before you get to spend it. So it's built into the system. There's no saying, you know, uh, well, so-and-so's over in, you know, they're working in, you know, they're Christian, but they're working in the secular world. They're Christian. They better hightail it out of there if they know what I know. It's not, it's not going to be worth it to them what it's going to cost them to hold on to that. You know, unless God, they have a relationship with God and they know he's positioned them there for a reason. And they can stay free of all of those temptations, but very few can. Very few can. And so God wants us, though, to live differently. He wants our blessings without sorrow. That's why he adds a time delay in it. He adds the development of patience and the other fruit of the Spirit. Amen. You've got to add into to your faith a, a, a virtue, a toughness, a determination, an adamance about serving God. You can't you can't be one of these wishy-washy Christians and everything goes and, and think you're going to get much from God. you got to have something in you that tells you I'm not wavering. You can't talk me out of this. When people come to you and want to give you advice and all of that, you got to know how to put the shield of faith up that causes their their words to stick to the roof of their mouth. They thought they want to tell you something, but now they think something different. You understand what I'm saying? And so we we need to understand what needs to be added to our faith. There are things that need to be added so that we can can um, prosper. We can be strengthened. We can be whole, lacking nothing. Boy, that's a good place to be. You know, when when you know that you're in the will of God and you're in a place where God has you and the end result is you're not going to be lacking anything, what that means is the things that bother you now about uh time, See, when you know you're lacking nothing, your mind won't wander. You wonder what's taking so long. You won't even think like that. See, that thought won't occur to you. And you say, boy, that'll be nice to live in that city. Well, that's where you're headed to. In fact, that's where we all live. It will stay put. But we come out every now and then to test the water and see how close it is we are to get what we want from God. So we can run off and leave him. 
Ah, it's true. Whenever your flesh gets involved, and that's nothing but your flesh, whenever your flesh gets involved in something, it's because selfishness is trying to take over your kingdom business. And so patience, patience can wait out your flesh. That's all that's happening. Is the fruit of patience is coming into your spirit man and letting him stare down your flesh. Say, flesh, you ain't getting involved in this. This is my thing. Amen. I'm running this show. And so this is, this is why delay happens. And this is why we get tested. And this is why we go through these different things to make sure that we're intact and tired, that God is not giving an inheritance to a kid who's going to blow it all. He's giving an inheritance to a responsible adult who's going to be able to uh, distribute, to minister, to teach, to help, to do everything, to be faithful over it. Everything God wants you to do, you're going to be able to do it. By the time you get through <laughs> with the test is done, you'll be able to do everything God wants you to do. So in Mark chapter 5, that's where we're going to talk about this woman with the issue of blood. And, and uh, we, we'll go through this story with an eye toward watching how her faith is being tested. Amen. Just watch how her faith is being tested. At verse 21, when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered to him, and he was near to the sea. And behold, there came to one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Jesus went with him. Many people followed him and pressed against him or thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And immediately Jesus, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you're asking who touched me? And he looked round about to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you whole, go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now, <clears throat> this woman, <clears throat> we give get some background on her. We know that she's been bleeding for 12 years. And the fact that she's still alive is the mercy of God. You know, you don't, you don't just bleed continually without stopping, without something. But the Bible says that she didn't get any better over the 12 years, but she got worse. Now, she, when he calls her daughter, that lets us know she's a Hebrew. She's a Jewish woman. And they, the Jews have always had a covenant of healing with God. 
the covenant said that if they would obey him, diligently hearken to his voice, obey him, do what's right in his sight, give ear to his commandment, keep all his rules, he wouldn't put any disease on him, on them, that, that he had brought upon the Egyptians. He's the Lord that heals us. He heals his people. But people outside of the covenant, covenant are liable to get disease. Amen. They can't lay claim to health and healing the way we can out of a covenant. Now they can plead for mercy to God. Any, anybody can ask God for mercy. And the Bible says he can have mercy on whomever he desires. But I'm talking about covenant and what, what a covenant does also, it protects you, but it obligates you. So she's obligated to be obedient to God's law. Now we see in, in situations in the Bible where people were cursed if they went to physicians because it says physician here and if we read the word physician, but that don't necessarily mean, mean MD. They didn't have that then. So when they say physician, that person might have been a warlock. They might have been a sorcerer. They might have been somebody dealing in, in charms and enchantments. It might even have been an herbal physician. They use many, many skills, but that word medicine um, refers to some form of witchcraft. Amen. That word pharmacopoeia is a word that 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 puts it over into the witchcraft category which is it's it's handed down folk medicine it's handed down uh uh spells and enchantments all that kind of stuff so it's a mixture it's not pure it's not god's word it's not coming from god's word and see we have no idea what made her go that route but there may be many reasons. It may be that there was a a breakdown in the temple system, in the priesthood, which is very likely because if the temple system were working the way it should have, um, why did Jesus have to turn the tables over and whip everybody and chase them out? Amen. So if that system were were functioning the way it was supposed to, there wouldn't have been a need for him to come in to clean things up. The other thing is that there were many religious groups that were involved in the temple life and in temple goings on. And you don't know if it, it might have been that since she was not able to go to the temple to have, have, hear the word read and that kind of stuff. She was outside of the temple life that made her, may have put her on the outside. And for a few years, it might have been okay with her because she thought, well, I'll just go over here to a physician, see if they can help me, and I'll sneak back over when I get well. See, she was considered to be unclean because of her bleeding. She wasn't allowed to be in the congregation of the righteous at all. She was an outsider now. And this might have dragged on year in, year out. You know how some people keep going to, to get another chemo treatment or get to, you know, you know, now they're going down to Mexico because they got some kind of thing down there you can go and get. 
and they stay outside of God's view and outside of God's range for so long, they're kind of estranged to it. But the one thing that she does know is because she's bleeding, she's not allowed to be around God's people. Amen. But people, period. When she goes out, say if she goes out to go to the doctor, somebody passes her, she has to cross the street and, and say, I'm unclean and separate herself from people. Amen. Now, these doctors she went to, no doubt, were were Gentile doctors, but they weren't Hebrews because Hebrews didn't have any arts like that to draw from. They didn't learn those things. They learned to go to God. See, the priest was also their physician. And the prophet was their physician. And so they went to the prophet or the priest in order to receive their healing, and they got it from God. So why this broke down on her, we don't know. But the system that God had set up for his people wasn't wasn't uh, where she was going. It was kind of broken, kind of wasn't uh, what she relied on. She was relying on outside help for her healing. And she got to a place where it didn't help her, and she had to confront that, and she knew it. And so she had to change her thinking about whether or not she was going to live and how she was going to get better. So, and I think that's a good place to be. When if there's something you're relying on other than God, that begins to break down. That forces you sometimes to confront the fact that that I can't get this any other way but to go to God for it. And she's looking at the temple system and, and you know, that's not going to work for her for some reason. She's an outcast. That's not going to work for her. So she has to devise within herself some kind of way through her thinking and her, her, what's motivating her thinking and, and how that's being motivated. And I know the one thing that will change your thinking is a change of information. If you can get different information, you can get different thinking. Amen. And so it says here that she heard of Jesus. Amen. It says, verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, that changed her thinking. Amen. And it says here, all in one sentence, she heard of Jesus and she came in the press behind him. Well, this is just speeding the story up for us. We don't know how long after she first heard of him that she made this this decision to go and receive her healing. See, this isn't always just, oh, Jesus, well, let me go get my healing. It doesn't always happen like that. And you know and I know it doesn't. There are many people that we try to help with the word and, and you can tell they're not, well, you know, the doctor said this and the doctor said that. They're still relying on what their natural man believes. They're, they're trusting in natural faith. Well, this lady, natural faith, the door was shut to her on natural faith. See, if she could have found another doctor that promised her help, she couldn't afford to go to him. He'd never see her without any money. And so she's stuck. She can't go this way. She can't go that way. She's got to wait for something to drop into her hearing that gives her hope for a better 
for a good outcome. See, she never left, she never, uh, gave up on being healed. And that's the good part about it. See, as long as you find somebody who wants to be better, there's hope that you can flip them over to trust God for that and not continue to trust in something that's not going to help them anymore. So this lady, all of her supports were snatched out from under her. Everything that she was leaning on was snatched out from under her. And I I say again, that's a good place to be. Because God wouldn't remove things if he weren't right there to catch you. You understand what I'm saying? And the way this story is being told, it sounds like Jesus was right there to catch her. You know, though it might have taken her a while to make the plan and make the decision and come to an understanding of what it would take for her to receive her healing. And so don't, I say that to say this, don't criticize yourself if if it's taking time for you to get rid of all of your symptoms. Amen. Uh, don't don't uh, put pressure on yourself to figure out a way to make it happen fast. That That's not up to you. It's up to God to make it happen. It's up to you to believe. And so many of the things that we think sometimes are taking away from our faith instead of adding to it. So we have to make sure that we are doing things that are adding to our faith and not taking away from it. And so here she is. She's heard about Jesus. She's come to an end of when the doctors can help her. Amen. You don't know when that happened. You don't know what age she is. You don't know what kind of future she wants to have. You don't know what kind of plans she wants. She's got made that depend on her living. But you know she wants to live. See, we don't know that if if maybe she ran out of money 10 years ago. She'd been walking around like this for 10 years and then finally hears about Jesus. See, there are people that are out there you're going to run into that have been suffering for quite a while. And then we finally open up the knowledge of the word to them. And then we wonder, is this too late? No, this is what we all do sometimes. We all think it's too late for God to do something for us. And it's never too late. As long as there's life, God is the author of life. Who who do we think kept these people alive all this time? Amen. If God kept her alive all this time and she's just now hearing about him, there must be hope. <laughs> Amen. If hope were running out, she would have heard about him a long time ago. See? So we don't know. We don't know about this thing about faith and testing our faith. But I can tell you, everybody you see in the Bible that got healed, their faith was tested. On some level, for some duration of time, they were tested to hold on to faith in God. Jesus was just the manifestation of God in the flesh. See? did. People didn't start believing for healing when he came. They just believed he was anointed to do it. See, the, the, the one who can do it is here finally. So you see all these people. There was a man at the pool for 38 years. You know, he's been sitting there longer than Jesus has been alive. But Jesus finally can't, comes. So he was sitting there in faith. 
uh, some degree of faith. Or people who don't believe get up and go someplace else. Amen. He's sitting there. You know, say for instance, if he was lying there so that begging so that people could give him money, he got a lot of competition. Boy, you better get you another chair somewhere. You know, I know of a corner down the street here where a lot of people pass by. You can make more money down there than you can up here on this porch. Do you understand? But he wasn't there for that. He was there to be healed. He was waiting for the moving of the water so that he could jump in. <laughs> Amen. And so it's it's important for us to understand these these things we think are instant healings. They're they're capsulated, compressed in a few sentences on a page, so that we can know Jesus the healer healed all kinds of people of all kinds of ailments, no matter how long they had been sick, does not make any difference. You know, we whine about two months, and here's a man 38 years. So that's to stop our whining, okay? When you read that, that should tell you right away, oh, well, well, let me just be thankful it ain't 38 years. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. So let me be thankful here. And so when we when we see these things, it's for us to reflect on and and even think about our own situation and how that measures up and and what God is telling us in these stories and in these situations. Amen. We want everything we want immediately. Amen. Everybody wants everything real fast. Why? So they can go about their business of wasting time doing nothing. Let me get back to my doing nothing. Amen. Let me get out of this Bible. Get my healing so I can get out this Bible (laughs) and go back to doing nothing. Amen. God doesn't want that for you. He wants better for you. He wants you to stay in that word. He doesn't ever want you to go back to doing nothing. Amen. He's not the one holding up your healing either. He's not making you suffer, not dragging it out. He's doing what's good for you. Amen. What's absolutely good for you. So we need to look at the end of the, the story. That, that at the testing of our faith, when this test is over, we won't lack anything. If, if the test is over too, too soon, you're going to be lacking something. What does that mean? You have to go through something again. Amen. <laughs> it's amazing. The, the more you you work with God and work with your faith, you get to be more whole. Like you don't rant and rave like you used to. You don't carry on. You just know God's going to do it. But if you look at where you were, say, 5, 10, 15 years prior, you didn't have that confidence and assurance. It's worth it, folks, to not be frantic. And, and, you know, be upset about things and, and, you know, all of that. So that can only happen with the testing and, and letting patience work in you and perfect you and mature you. Amen. It, it, it just does. And so all of these people that you see receiving from God have come to a place of maturity. They've come to a place of 
they didn't just jump up and start believing him and go get a healing, an instant miracle. That that faith was worked in them. It it's there's no other way to get it. It's gotta something's gotta be worked out and let faith be worked in. You gotta let some stuff go in order for God to have room to deposit something new. He can't put his virtue and all that on top of all your craziness and lack of faith and impatience and you know, won't go brag to your friends you got this and you got that, you know. Social media can be your death. People need to get off there sometimes. I look at what people put on there sometimes. I say, God, they got no business saying that publicly. You know, your prayer closet. Jesus said, you know, do what you do secretly. So God who sees in secret can reward you openly. Some things just aren't wise to, to broadcast. Unless well, God tells you, put it out there. But some of these things, people say, pray for me, I, so-and-so happened, and this and that happened. And, 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 and. You know, you don't need prayer for all that. Can't you pray for yourself or anything? You need to learn how to pray then if you need to put everything you go through on social media. You need to go back and learn some things, amen? Let God have this. So, so here's this lady, she's, she's, She's come to an end of her natural faith. This is a place where God really can take over and really can help us. And in many times what, what James means when he says wavering, that means you go from natural faith to God kind of faith. You go from believing the word to believing what you see, feel, think, and hear. So that's wavering. She her natural faith came to an end. She got no more money to go hire any more physicians to try and help her with what's ailing her. She's come to an end of it. So that door is closed. Many times God is trying to close that door and we keep opening it. Let me go borrow some money. To, you ever been like that? Let me go borrow some money. To do We panic. And then we panic throws you over into natural thinking. And see, once your natural thinking door opens up, then you start calculating how you can do this on your own instead of letting your request be made known unto God. And so that wavering really means going from out of one door into another one, going out of natural faith into supernatural faith. We listen to God's word for a minute and then we let Anxiety take over again and we're looking for that door in the natural that we can go through to get our needs met. Amen. So God wants us to stay in his faith, nothing wavering. And the test is you talk about going through something. You think about some of the times that you've been trying to hold on to God's word. And the enemy's been pulling at you, come over here and do this, come over here and do that, come over here and do this. It's it's kind of like you gotta glue yourself to your chair in order to, not to get up and put your fingers in, you know, in speed dial into who you want to go borrow money from or something like that. You understand? And so so it is a test. It's a test of are you gonna finally relinquish the dictates of your flesh? 
and let your spirit man start running the show. And you've got enough faith to trust God to let your spirit. Day one when you're saved, you got enough faith. If you had enough faith to get saved, you got enough faith for the next step in your life. You just do. Because it's a package deal. You, God is not shortchanging you. You're not lacking anything. You, you just need to put your trust in Him. Get in your Bible and start looking up what, what you need from God. Looking up, you know, who you are and what God wants you to do. You come familiar with Him. And so many times we let go of the word and, and start picking up other stuff. You want a prophecy from somebody? Go read your Bible. It's full of prophecy. Amen? You don't need man to tell you anything. You're just lazy. Amen? You need to get your word from God. Amen? It's like God minister to you. And so, so here this lady is. She's been given bad news. From the physicians, we've all been given bad news at some point. Amen. If not your health, it's something else. And so she's, she's being tested on what, what her mind is telling her. Her mind has been geared. Well, let me, I've got some more money. Let me go see this doctor. Oh no, this hasn't stopped. This bleeding is still going on. That doctor wasn't able to help me. She went to many, the Bible says. Many, many physicians until she was just everything gone. Now, don't think that because you're broke, God can't help you. He helps broke people all the time. In fact, that's where most of us come to God. Amen. Then we walk a little ways with him and think we cool and then we do something and wind up broke again. So he just have to keep helping broke people. Amen. He just sees you where you are. He knew you were headed there. He not broke either. He's got, he owns everything. He doesn't mind helping us out. Amen. And so, so because he tells us to ask for things. You know, when you really get tired of asking, that's when you'll start straightening up. Cause you're not going to go ask nobody else. Now that you know God will help you, you'll keep going there. I don't care how what you say. I just get tired of being messing up all the time. No, you don't. Because when you really get tired, you quit. <laughs> Amen. You say, God, there's got to be a better way. Show me. Amen. That's when wisdom comes in. Amen. But when we're screaming and crying, we don't want wisdom. We just want what we want. So it says here that she... uh Jesus, as he walks with Jairus, now you got to understand something else that's going on here too. You don't know if this is the first time that this lady has set out to get her healing from God. It looks like it because it's it's what we read. Whenever something works, when their faith bears fruit, that's when it gets entered into Scripture. But we don't know if there may be times she had failed at it. Amen. Um, the fact that Jairus is with, say for instance, if she, Jesus was just in a crowd and he was walking and she was able to come up behind him and touch him, you know, uh, uh, that's a, that makes it a wrap. It's a done deal. Amen. She got her healing. She went on about her business. 
the fact that the mention of Jairus, his, he's mentioned by name in every, in this, 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 this testimony is in, in all, it's in three of the four gospels. It, I don't know of another testimony like that of healing in the Bible. She made three out of four. So this is something God wants us to see. He wants us to see as many different, see it from as many different angles as we can. So we'll understand it. So it'll help us. So when something's mentioned this many times, you got to take some time to look at it, pick it apart, see what God's saying here. The fact that Jesus went with the ruler of the synagogue speaks something about this lady's faith. You got me? Why is it that she's got to get her faith while he's walking with this dude? Why not when he's just walking around nobody in particular, nobody talking to him, nobody? See, Jairus being the ruler of the synagogue, he pulls a big crowd because he's a very important man. The fact now that he's flipped and he's over on Jesus' side means that a lot of people are interested in seeing how this is going to turn out. Many times, people like Jairus, Jairus was Jesus' sworn enemy, folks. Jesus came and drew bigger crowds than he got at the synagogue. Jesus had these people following. The first thing preachers wonder about when they see you drawing a bigger crowd is how much money they're going to lose by your big crowd that you're drawing. They sought to kill him. Now he's got to beg him for mercy to come to his house and heal his dying daughter. So yeah, he's going to get a big crowd. They said the people were pressed in, pressed and thronging, all that kind of stuff. And here's this woman with an issue of blood that's not supposed to be out. Why? Because if the priests see her, they're going to tell her, go back home. You can't have this. So one of the things that's been hindering her from stepping out to get her healing is fear of breaking the Jewish law. And Jairus is right here standing next to Jesus, and she said, man, of all the days that I come out to get healed, he's walking with this guy. Not just walking with him, but he, we got a bunch of, uh, of, of temple people wanting to see how this is going to turn out. Amen? Not everybody in that crowd was looking for Jesus to heal him. You've been to Benny Hinn. You've been to everybody's big meeting that we can think of. And you know some people are there because they're sick and some people are there because they're spectators. They just want to be in the crowd. The religious crowd always want to be where it's happening. That's why they'll kill a revival the minute it starts because they want to come in there and want to tell the blow-by-blow to people about what they saw when they got there. You got me? And so it's just they're like news reporters. Church people are like that. They just want to see the next new, they want the next new shiny toy to play with. So here's this, this multitude of people thronging him. Jesus, Jesus can tell if, if all of these people thronging him were there to be healed, they'd have all gotten healed and he wouldn't have asked who touched me. Cause he'd have known it was a whole crowd wanting to be healed 
and that's what happened. But there's one person that has to be singled out as the one who touched him. Why? Because we got an entourage of people who are just faces in a crowd. They're not looking for anything from Jesus. They just want to see what happens. Well, I'm going to see what, oh, wow, this girl dying. Let's go. This is a juicy one. This ain't like the one yesterday we saw somebody. They was just limping a little bit and he healed them. This, this girl, we got to go see this. Amen. And so this is how people are. This is how they are. And this is one of the things that has been hindering this woman from coming outside is the fear that she would run into, guess who? The ruler of the synagogue. Amen. So this fear in her is something that has to be dealt with and overcome before she can get her healing. she got to get over fear of man. Fear of her going out and then telling her, go back home, you can't do this. But her faith in her got so strong that she didn't think about who that was. Once she saw Jairus, she probably swallowed real hard and said, man, that dude, how am I going to get past that? And then her faith kept telling her, you could do it. You're going to do it today. You're not going home the same way you came. See, this is the way faith coaches us. Amen. This is the way faith encourages us. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the paraclete, the standby, the one that holds us up when we get weak. And when we would quit and turn around and go back home, he tells us today is your day. Keep pressing. Amen. In other words, you know, it's like Jesus and Jairus are walking at the head of the crowd, probably some people in front of them all bunched around him and they're in the middle. And she's got to touch him without the man next to him knowing what's going on. Amen. And so God takes care of that for her. How so? Jairus is so consumed with his daughter almost dying, he don't care who's coming in the crowd. You understand me? See, God will take care of all of those obstacles. Now, you may not think much of the way I said that, but But the thing of it is, God knows how to take care of people who would stand in your way. Even though they're doing their job, it's Jairus' job to keep her away from the rest of the people so they don't get contaminated by whatever disease she has that's coming out of her body. That's his job. You know, anybody's unclean, no, you got to go home. You can't come in. You can't do this. You can't do that. So she didn't go in the synagogue. Why not? Her healing wasn't there. Sometimes your healing isn't where you think it's supposed to be. Amen. It's where God says it is. And he says that for a reason. It's not just to make you sweat, make you strain, and take you out of your comfort zone, which is good. Amen. Sometimes we need to come out of comfort zone. But it's so that you can receive what his God's primary purpose in doing it this way is so that she can receive her healing. That's all he's interested in, getting this woman healed. And so she has to confront her worst nightmare, and that is being discovered by the priest. The one who's in charge of whether she can come out, stay in, go or come, whatever it is. So she overcomes that fear. How do we know that? Because she stayed in the crowd. Even though she saw Jairus up there with Jesus, she didn't get scared and run home. 
If she got scared, she pushed past and kept going. Amen. She was determined that she was not going to be turned down. And this is one of the ways our faith is tested. It's tested against fear of not receiving or fear of not measuring up or fear of why is it taking so long A fear? What did I do wrong? Or what do I need to do? And why do I need to do more of this? Do I need to do more of that? Those things have to be confronted before your faith can get loose to do what it's supposed to do for you. You can't have a lot of push down on top of your spirit man, pushing him down, telling him he can't do certain things. You can't have that. you got to have your faith to get free so that you can, can receive what God has. And so the Holy Spirit gave this woman a simple instruction of what she had to do. And she caught on to it. She decided that nothing was going to stop her. All the things that would have stopped her from getting to God now are not going to stop her. What did she hear about Jesus? Number one, she must have heard he was anointed to heal people. Or she wouldn't have been looking to him for healing. And and people, when he when he first began to preach in uh, uh, Luke, chapter 4 when he read the scripture in Isaiah the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me many scholars think that that was what he preached every time he went somewhere to preach he had to let people know he was anointed to heal them that's what we should be telling people before you go pray for anybody you know God's anointed me to heal you know he heals people when I pray for them it builds their confidence. You ain't bragging on you. You already said God did it. They know you can't heal nobody. But they need to know some about this person. The stranger is coming up to me wanting to touch me. Amen. And so, so this is what, this is how people got faith to be healed in his meetings. He had to announce that he was anointed to do these things. And that gave them the faith to step up to receive. Amen. He didn't have all this stuff that we read when we have healing school. He didn't have all that to read. He was making that happen to leave us something to read, amen, to build people's faith. So he had to build it with the knowledge that he was giving them, and that's pretty much what he told people. And that's what she heard about, about him. It says when she heard about Jesus, what did she hear? She heard he was anointed to heal, amen, and she believed it. He wasn't like the ruler of the synagogue. He wasn't a priest. Many people didn't know they say he was the Messiah. Some believe, some didn't. They knew he was a prophet. They knew he did miracles. They knew he was a man that God was using. She heard enough to build up faith and confidence within herself in him. Amen. Sometimes the fact that you don't have a lot of input into your situation is a good thing. See, she wasn't in the synagogue life, you know, or death. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you get around too many people. People start having stuff to say about whether or not you can get what you need from God. So the fact that she was isolated kind of worked on her behalf. She didn't have anybody but the Holy Spirit to counsel her. She didn't have anybody but the the voice of God and God can talk to anybody you understand me he talked to to his 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 own people 
a lot. So they were still under the old covenant. She still had access to God's wisdom and his understanding. And she had, she learned how to convince herself what to do in, in every situation. And so she took upon her what knowledge she had about Jesus. She heard that, that he was anointed. She heard that he, he healed everybody. People that, that were lepers were getting healed. Cripples, blind eyes were opening. He's healing all kind of manner of disease. And she made up her mind that he would heal her as well. Amen. And so when, when you see these situations in the Bible, don't think that you, well, you know, she just said within herself, how'd she come to that conclusion? Amen. She's over here running to physicians. Now all of a sudden she's running to God and she's saying, I know I'm going to get it if I get there. There's a process there. See, there's a mental process and we've all got to go through it. See, we, we think we can rerun scripture, get up, run to the altar and get healed. And sometimes we can. In fact, many times there's an anointing at the altar that will take your symptoms away and you haven't read anything. You just sit, sitting there trying to stay awake. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Trying to keep from fidgeting the whole time. Amen. And so when you, when you understand the process that it takes, I think we'll be more inclined to realize that we're all in process. We're all on the road. We're all getting there. As long as you're listening, as long as you're hearing about Jesus, you're getting there. Which means you're meditating on the word. You're hearing the word. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to expound on the word to you and give you confidence and give you faith. As long as you're in that mode, you're in line just like she is to have that certain woman on that certain day come and get her healing. But you're going to have to overcome. There's going to be a final roadblock that might stump you and keep you from getting it. Got me? Everybody has one. If it's not, if that's not true, you'd have it already. So there's this, what's her final roadblock? Whether she can get past the priest. That's her roadblock. That's exactly why God chose her to get her healing on the day that Jairus wants his. Now she's got to make up her mind. Do I wait for Jairus to go and get his daughter healed and follow Jesus when he's not with him? Or do I go now and take it now? That fear of man has to leave us, folks. What is man going to say? What fear of man really is, is, is wanting a miracle to come from, from medicine instead of wanting it to come from man, from God. Because many times fear of man will drive us to man as the one we depend on all the time. So we, we have more respect sometimes for modern medicine than we do for God, for his word. And that shouldn't be. Amen. Not to say modern medicine can't help you while you're building your faith in the word, but make sure you're not playing games with yourself. Make sure you're building your faith in the word. You know, if you're taking pills, you start telling them, yeah, one day real soon, I'm not going to have to take you anymore. I see myself without you living very well. I see myself symptom-free and totally healed in Jesus' name. You know, be sincere about what you're doing, folks. Don't just be giving it lip service, but 
But let yourself understand what you're doing. You're trusting God for your health instead of trusting in man. And so her, her final hurdle is the fear of man. Either that is, it, it, God would not have put this story this way if, if Jairus was not an issue, if the priesthood was not an issue, of her not being in public was not an issue, if it was, if it wasn't forbidden by, by the religious law for her to be there, Jairus would not be in the story. Jesus would be walking and she'd be getting it. Amen? It's just true. So everything in these stories is pertinent to the situation. It's important to the situation. So she said before she got there in that crowd, she had said within herself, if I can but touch him, I shall be whole. You don't know how long she said that to herself. How long do you meditate on the word? By his stripes, I'm healed. Been doing it for years and still doing it. Symptoms keep creeping in and you're still doing it. Amen. You keep overcoming them and they, they come in again and you're still doing it. Amen. So we have to understand that this is an ongoing process. This isn't, oh, she heard of Jesus. Boy, she jumped out there and grabbed her healing all in one day. It didn't happen like that. It seldom happens like that. And so she said, if, if I can just touch him, touch his clothes, I'll be whole. Amen. If I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole. That's what it was for her. You gotta find out what the word of knowledge is for yours. What your time and place is for your healing. Amen. You gotta find that out. And you gotta, you gotta have faith in it and confidence in it that the Holy Spirit gave that to you. Amen. A lot of this lady's battle was mental. It wasn't anywhere. It wasn't played out any place else but within herself. She had lived within her own little world for so long, isolated from people. When she finally has to get out in front of people, that fear of people has to be dealt with. Amen? And so God deals with it by having the one person she most scared of right there next to the man who's going to heal her. So she got to figure out how to get this done. Amen? She said, well, this is, no, I keep telling myself I can touch him. I mean, I'm going to do it. I'll never know if I don't. You understand what I'm saying? And this is the way you have to settle it within yourself. Amen. So we just see the end result of what she said within herself. But you don't know how long she told herself that. She might have told herself that for months, days, maybe even years. She might have heard of Jesus the first year his ministry got started. This might be in the last year of his ministry. You don't know. You don't know. But once the Holy Spirit gives you a plan for how the anointing is going to be released in your life. You got to stick with his plan. You can't come up with a better idea because it seems too scary for you or it seems outrageous or it seems like it'll never happen. Whatever God has for us is probably never going to make sense to your carnal mind. You may think it's never going to happen just because that's the way you think about things. And so, so she had to, if faith gives you enough courage to make the first step. And the first step for her was getting out there. Second step was seeing Jesus in, in who it was that he was on his way to this man's house. And she's thinking, maybe I could wait till he goes to the house and come back. I'll catch him on another day. You understand what I'm saying? 
It, it, it's that way, folks. But she fights all that off. For some reason, she makes up her mind. She's not going to go home without it. Today is my day for my miracle, and I mean that. So she gets tested on what her mind is telling her. She's made a plan already. Amen. And so she had to war within herself over her faith. And this is what we all have to do. Sometimes God will give you a plan to execute, and you've been warring over it for months or years. You just know you you used to feel like it was going to happen, but now, oh, it's been so long. You know, God told me that so long ago. People do that sometimes with with ministry God gives them to do. God told me so many years ago, and I've been putting it off. But thank God, God's patient. He's kind. He's loving. Amen. Some people don't do that well when they put God off. Amen. So, So she's been warring within herself to come to this point of faith. Her anxiety that she had about getting out among people, she's overcome that. She's overcome so many things in order to come to that conclusion. And and we'll do the same thing. Amen? You'll have to overcome things within yourself, thoughts that come to you. That's why strong faith does not consider his own body, the natural. That this is Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. He can have her tossed out of the crowd. He can have her exposed, you know, and chased home. Amen? Can publicly expose her. How does she get out of the house again if everybody knows she's not supposed to be around? Do you understand what I'm saying? So this makes it tough for her to just step out and touch somebody. That's the 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 worst thing that, you know, God could have told her to do. Let's touch somebody. Why? It violates everything she's been taught about. This is why she's been running to physicians. They don't mind touching her because they get paid. Anybody else could turn her in. Her own people could turn her in. So she has to go to the world to get what she needs. And so, see, see, she's when she heard of Jesus, verse 27, came in the press behind. So she knows he's standing next to Jairus. She knows she can't be visible to him or anybody in front where he's at. So she decides if I'm going to get it, I'm going to have to sneak up behind him. I can't be seen by him or anybody else. Amen. And so here she is. She's She touched his garment because she had already told herself that. She'd be made whole. That's what her faith told her to do. And your faith won't lie to you. Your faith won't give you 15 different things to do to get healed either. Your faith will settle on one thing you need to do to get your healing. Amen. Sometimes people get tired of confessing the word or ministering, letting the word, you know, stand in the word, reading scripture every day. And they're looking for a quick way out. Well, there is no quick way out sometimes. Sometimes you need to build yourself up in the word, not just to get your healing, but to keep your healing. If your mind's not converted to where you just believe God and, and you believe anything else, the minute the enemy, the enemy comes to you with some kind of fake idea, you're going to drop your healing and go do that. Amen. Oh, well, you know, that's kind of odd. You got your healing that quick. 
usually people don't get that like that. You understand? So the devil will talk you out of it the first opportunity he gets and don't think he won't. So that's sometimes why God has us labor in the word for things. Labor to enter into your rest. Dodie Osteen's been healed, what, about 30, 40 years now? She still reads the word, the same scripture she read every morning to get her healing. She does it now. Why? Because she says, "Uh uh-uh, the devil's not stealing this from me. I'm going to dance with the one who brought me. Amen. I'm going to stay with the word and stay with hell. And so she came and touched him. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, she'll be whole. And certainly that was what the Holy Spirit told her. That was God. Amen. That was the thing to do. That your word of knowledge that God gives you won't lie to you. It'll come to pass. And Jesus, immediately knowing that virtue had gone out of him, he can tell when we touch him in faith. He's moved when we touch him in faith. He's not moved when we touch him in anything else. So he knew somebody had touched him in faith because power went out of him into somebody, and he needed to know what that was all about. Why? Why not just let this woman steal her healing and go home? Amen? Now think about it. Why can't we all get instant healings every time we're sick or every time we have symptoms? Why do we have to labor in the word for it? Amen? It's because the same things that made her sick to begin with are probably still active in her life. The same things that keep us with symptoms are probably still active in our lives. So he needs to give her closure, so to speak, on what just happened to her. Because all she knew about her healing was that if she did something, she'd get it. Now, think about this. She heard about Jesus. She heard about him. She never heard him preach. Amen? So she didn't have the benefit of knowing the word. She didn't have the benefit of knowing the kingdom like these other people had that had been around him for a long time. And so in order for her to to receive everything she needs, he has to take her aside and do a little work with her. Got, got to do some helping her. See, this is the thing that people don't get at, at mass healing rallies. They don't get the schooling. They don't get the understanding. They don't get to know how to hold on to it. So this is him helping her know how to hold on to her healing. And he told her, he says, she, when he saw her, she confessed everything. She got scared of him, just like she's scared of any man of God. Amen. She, why? She thinks she still thinks she did something wrong. Amen. You, it, it's like, Say, for instance, if you come from a denomination, I won't finish this all today. I know I won't. I'll have to start in the middle tomorrow or something and pick it up. But, but this is, this is what happens to many people that come to mass healing rallies. They come from everywhere. You come from a denominational church. They don't believe in tongues. They don't believe in healing. They never preach it. They never teach it. You go back into that atmosphere. 
you start hearing things against what you just received from God. Now, your mind's got to make a decision. You either run out of there and try to hold on to what God gave you, or you stay there and let them steal it from you. And that's the same situation this woman was in. She either gets something to keep her in her faith that she's received a legitimate healing from God, or she tries to mix in with the synagogue folks. She's going to lose it. You got me? They're going to tell you, they say, you shouldn't have been, oh, no, God would never heal you. If you went somewhere you weren't supposed to be, you touched the priest's clothes, his holy robe, that God didn't heal you. The devil did that. People don't understand mercy, that it overrides the curse of the law. People don't understand um, the 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 grace of God where faith is concerned. That faith overrides everything. Why? Because faith is holiness. Faith is righteousness. There's no law against righteousness. So anything that you do in obedience to the law of faith and the spirit of faith overrides legalism. That you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't have gone there. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have let them pray for you. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. It'll take all them laws off of you and break you out into the raw grace of God that comes from faith that causes you to receive a miracle. So there are some things you're going to have to jump over some hurdles. You're going to have to break some, some legalism in your own life, in your own mind that says you can't have this if you do it this way. Or God wouldn't show up and heal you and you're not supposed to be there. How do you think God, God won't do that. He didn't do that. The devil did that. Just what she's going to run into if Jesus don't put something in her to straighten her out. Amen. When he tells her be of good comfort, that's coming from an authority that wrote the law that she just broke. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some things you have to get it directly from God and he speaks it to your heart and people can come to you and tell you all kind of stuff and you just smile at them. You know why? Because you got yours already. You got yours already. See, people say stuff, well, God wouldn't get you out of a lawsuit and you owed that money. He did. Oh, Pastor Barb, they couldn't be God. I don't know who you call God, but I call him Jehovah. Come to my rescue. I'm in trouble. You got to come bail me out. You understand what I'm saying? He's my rescuer. And I don't argue with his wisdom. Amen. In fact, that wasn't my money. That was his. He can do what he wants to with it. You got me? So so you got to understand what faith does, folks. It'll override every antiquated law because the law is being done with every day that Jesus walks the earth. All them Old Testament rules are being put in the coffin where they belong. Because they have, they've lived, they've lived out their purpose to the Jewish people. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and for giving us understanding and giving us mercy, Lord. Woo, we love your mercy, Jesus. We bask in the fact that we have great mercy to those who believe and trust in you. So we thank you and we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She 
don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. Thank you, Jesus. And by your stripes, <laughs> we're healed. And I don't have it, whatever else you want to fill with. Amen. And it don't have me. And we are healed. Amen. Amen and amen again. It's 